looks like you just had a run of 24 karat bad luck, but, uh, oh, sorry, uh, monologuing. Welcome to Citanium Mine! Hey! No, no, we're not burying you in an unmarked grave. That's a... that's the other cave over. But hey, why don't you just stick around, because I've got a really special game to talk to you about on this episode. See, uh, recently, on another show that I do, we were talking about the concept of comfort games. Uh, games that you keep coming back to over and over again, and that there might be something to the familiarity of those games that is the reason. And it got me to thinking about a few that I particularly like, that I always go back to, and I thought that we might talk about a few of them on this show. Uh, one of them, one of my favorite games of all time, in fact, is... Fallout New Vegas. And it's interesting because I don't think I've actually done a Citanium Mine episode on Fallout at all. We've done one about Wasteland 3, but that's about as close as we got. So, why not talk about the Fallout game that is indeed my favorite of the entire series? And I wanted to talk to you about why. I think it's about the framework, and also because it really wasn't done by Bethesda. It was done by Obsidian. Obsidian Entertainment is one of these really interesting studios that has done really unique stuff on their own. Interesting new IPs that they're working on even now. They did Outer Worlds. They also are doing another one called Avowed. They uh, did Grounded, which was a really interesting survival game that kind of takes off of Honey, I Shrink the Kids. But they were also very well known for being the company that would come in and do quick turnaround sequels for existing games. For instance, BioWare did a little game called Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, and they knew that they wanted to capitalize on the outstanding success of that game, again, one of my favorite games of all time, I might mention. They needed to come out with something else, so they handed the reins over to Obsidian, and Obsidian made what I think is equally as good and much larger in scope KOTOR 2, The Sith Lords, and they did that in pretty record time as well. I think it was only like a year and a half development. Well, that's kind of the same process that we went through with Fallout New Vegas. Uh, Bethesda had made, using the creation engine, the Fallout 3 that we all know and love. And then they said, hey, this is great, but we're going to have some time before Fallout 4 comes out, and we'd like to have another game in between there. So they said, hey, uh, Obsidian, maybe you could do this. Now, this is interesting because a lot of the team of Obsidian were originally part of Black Isle Studios. And Black Isle Studios had worked on the old CRPGs of Fallout. They had done, like, stuff for Interplay, that whole group. And there was a planned CRPG, like the top-down, turn-based sort of Fallout game, that was supposed to be Fallout 3, and it was called Van Buren. Now, the thing about that is that it never actually got made because eventually the studio went away and Bethesda picked up the rights to make the Fallout games and then we got the Fallout 3 in the Capital Wastelands that we, again, all know, love, and played. Van Buren, though, was another Fallout that was going to be set on the West Coast, similar to the first two games and had all of these themes about Caesar's Legion and the New California Republic and uh, stuff about the Brotherhood of Steel, and it was all set in the desert, and it was in the 
outskirts of like Nevada. If that sounds a little familiar to New Vegas, it probably should, because essentially what Obsidian ended up doing when they made New Vegas is they took the concept that they originally had for Van Buren, and they just modified it to become New Vegas. They set it in the Mojave Wasteland, the Brotherhood of Steel, the... New California Republic, NCR, the Caesar's Legion, all of it were able to wrap into this new storyline that they made. So one of the reasons why it is so well-respected is because a lot of the groundwork about the storyline and the factions and the world-building was done a very long time before the game was ever built. And then the system the actual creation engine was already in place, and a lot of the assets also were reused from Fallout 3. So what Obsidian had to do was find a way in the span of something like 18 months, uh, build a game that was somehow larger and more intricate than Fallout 3 that came before. So they had a few things that they had going for them, mostly just the fact that they had a general framework from a game that got scrapped a long time ago, and that Fallout 3 had given them a framework for the world building and the assets that were already made, but they still had to make something new and unique. What they then did, though, is make what is possibly one of the greatest RPGs of all time. Because one thing that Obsidian is very good at is world building, and character design, dialogue. I guess this is a lot of things that they're good at. They're good at story and design in terms of how the world acts, what it does. It starts off strong where you are hands tied in a desert and you realize that this guy, Benny in the checker suit, is going to kill you and is surrounded by these other folks that you also don't recognize. And you're standing over this grave. And then you get shot in the head. And the credits roll. And you think to yourself, well, that was a fast game. Except, no, that was actually just the start. Because you wind up in Doc Mitchell's house, and Doc Mitchell uh, says, wow, really took it some time to patch you up. No f kidding. You go through essentially the character creation part of the game where you're building out your character, seeing if all the parts are in the right places to actually build what your character looks like, going through the Vitamatic tester to find out what your stats are, and doing a little bit of a personality quiz that is in many ways based off of the GOAT, General Occupation Aptitude Test, that they would give you in the vaults. The second, though, that you step out of Doc Mitchell's house is where the game instantaneously opens up and you find yourself in the town of Good Springs. Tumbleweed starts rolling across the road. You see these old like saloon signs that are just waving back and forth in the breeze. This robot that has this television face of a cowboy rolling along on one wheel kind of lazily moves down the street. You see two-headed cows off to the side, and off in the distance, you see these spiring towers, reminiscent of, well, casinos. And you realize that that's New Vegas itself. This is pretty much presented to you the second that you walk outside of Doc Mitchell's door. 
And we really just started the game. But it has been presented to you that you are in this desert. And these settlements are poor, somewhat destitute, and you have motivation immediately for what you need to do. I need to find the person who shot me. So that is the quest that you end up going on. Soon into this, you realize that there's these conflicts between the people of Good Springs and this group of criminals that took over a prison called the Powder Gangers. You get a lot of these survival skills from Sunny Smiles, who's in town, and you start to learn the lay of the land. But quickly you go out on this journey and realize that this really is an open world. You have to be careful about it because it's also a very dangerous one. For instance, you have a choice very early on in the game. Everyone advises you to go south and then travel east and around the mountain range to get to New Vegas. That is actually where the quest lines take you. It asks you to go to Prim and then like the Mojave Outpost and find out what happened in Nipton and then kind of like go around to Novak. And the whole point of it is to lead you in this one arc that takes the long way around and explores a good part of the major settlements in the game world until you eventually make your way to New Vegas. And they do that because you're going to encounter things that are easier for you to handle, especially at low levels. Now, that doesn't mean it's the most effective or efficient way to get to New Vegas, especially if you know what you're doing. And you might want to try and go in a different route because you're like, well, I want to make a beeline right to where the story is. Unfortunately, though, you're going to be met with death. You find death claws. Yes, that is what they are called, and for good reason. You will find cazadors, which are just like these giant flying bugs that will sting you and kill you quickly. They are on top of you in a matter of seconds. You will find giant scorpions. Lots of them. You will find things that want to murderify you quickly. Doesn't mean that you can't go that way, but you are going to be dealing with giant bandit raiding groups. You will be dealing with fire-breathing geckos. The list goes on and on. It makes it very clear to you that the world is explorable, but it is not safe. That becomes apparent right up at the front. One thing I liked about New Vegas more than Fallout 3, though, was how the storyline progresses. Like in Fallout 3, you are born in the vault, you get uh, exiled from the vault, you have to flee, and then you have to find your dad. And there's a whole storyline about the Garden of Eden creation kit, or the Gek, and trying to purify the water of the Capital Wastelands. It's a nice enough story, but New Vegas starts you off by getting shot in the head, and then just kind of goes from there, literally asking you to track down a person who shot you and find out why. And the storyline there eventually leads you to several different factions, a lot of smaller ones and some major ones that all have different goals and objectives, not necessarily good or bad or right or wrong, evil or righteous, but different, and will conflict with each other very quickly. 
and asks you to get involved in a struggle for control of Hoover Dam, New Vegas, and the Mojave in general. As you do these quests and you learn about these factions and you start to realize that the good guys aren't necessarily all good, the bad guys aren't necessarily all bad, the, the, the right and the wrong gets muddled and gray in terms of the morality of everyone involved, it starts to become a little harder to figure out what exactly you want to do and how you want to resolve situations. And I like that part of the role-playing aspect because it does force you to think about how you want to address situations, what you want to accomplish. For instance, there's one very famous quest called Lucky Old Sun, and it takes you to the solar array. When you get there, you realize that the guy that's in charge is an idiot and that you can pretty much just go in, try and fix the solar arrays, and then determine where the power is going to go to. And you could choose to send it all to the Strip and to McCarran Camp, which is what the NCR absolutely wants to do because those are tactically beneficial places to have power. You can, however, try to put it to like Freeside and Westside, these lower income areas that could desperately use the help. You could try to do it as full array, risking a lot of brownouts and power outages, but still sending it all over the Mojave. Or you could use it to power up a laser array secret weapon in the sky that you can control with something called Euclid Sea Finder. And then you can rain down laser death on people. These are all viable options for you. And you will get different things for choosing different options. The factions will care what you did. They will care how you handled the situation. You might even want to think about how much information you want to share with them. This is absolutely great storytelling with a lot of interesting options available to you. Some fascinating, well-written storylines with magnificent dialogue. When you start meeting the leaders of these factions and their underlings, and even the regular folks out there in the desert, they have crisp, engaging dialogue, and the responses that you can give are equally interesting. It does make you think that you want to pick up some charisma or that you might want to be perceptive in a way that will allow you to get new interesting options to talk to them. Your companion characters are all terrific, have their own unique storylines that lead to really big, long quest lines explaining and expanding the history of this place, the battles that came before, the problems that it has now. Everything is so well built. And it asks you, it begs you to explore every inch of it because there's something fascinating around every corner. Now, the expansions that they did, the four big major add-on packs, I should say, also influenced this greatly. Because while the main storyline focused on figuring out what to do with the platinum chip, all the people that wanted it, and find out who is going to control the Mojave, the overall 
storyline with all four of the add-ons was much more about the courier, your character, and the courier that came before, that left you with the platinum chip, and the reasons why Ulysses did that. It starts you off in Dead Money, which is like a survival horror game unto itself, that is like a self-contained add-on asking what you're willing to risk for greed, for love, for fame and fortune, and has some really interesting characters that you play around with while you are doing that. Some that may not live, maybe none of them, to be honest with you. It then takes you to Honest Hearts, where you learn more about the Burned Man while you travel around Zion National Park, and some of the more native factions that have risen out of this place and the conflicts therein. Uh, it then takes you to probably the best of the bunch, Old World Blues, where you go to Big Mountain, see all of the terrible, horrible experiments that a group of scientists decided to play around with that very much negatively impacted the rest of the Mojave while uh, trying to figure out how you can get your brain, your spine, and your heart back. Yeah, that's a storyline right there. And finally leads you to Lonesome Road, where Ulysses begs you to come to this broken-down highway full of radiation and nuclear destruction that explains in many ways the relationship the two of you have. You've been kind of led this way throughout the entire expansion to get to a resolution for your own personal story. And those are the kinds of add-ons I very much appreciate. They're ones that expand the initial ideas that don't necessarily fit into the main game, but add lots of interesting layers to it. Each one of those expansions, by the way, really does talk about Ulysses, about a courier that came before, gives you clues to him being there before you, and helps to flesh out that whole story about why you were even in the Mojave in the first place. The gameplay is really great, the character development is really great, you get some interesting perks along the way, you'll unlock different ones based on what you want to focus on for a play style. The uh, luck mechanics in this are a lot more interesting because gambling is affected by it. Uh, you have actual casinos that you can go to. The way that you can address a lot of these missions is also really interesting, and the faction relationships that you have become really intriguing, especially when you get to the last Battle of Hoover Dam, the second Battle of Hoover Dam. A lot of that comes to fruition. But I don't know how much more I need to, to tell you about New Vegas, because from the environmental storytelling, the world that it inhabits, going into all of the different rooms and seeing the remnants of what was there, and seeing almost like a, a non-verbal story unravel in front of your eyes, even when there's no quest to be had there, is just magnificent. It was not without its glitches. It was definitely not without its bugs. It is a Fallout game. They did take that over from Bethesda, and notably, because they made this thing so large in such a short time period, 
the optimization was not there at the beginning. And more importantly, the amount of memory that you needed in order to run it was not indicative to a smooth and crisp, solid running game. Now, on more modern hardware, you're not going to experience the problems that people did at the beginning. I remember having so many freezes when I first played, and nowadays, if I do pick it up, it is very rare that it crashes, freezes, stutters at all. So, it's one of those games that actually does improve with age. New Vegas was so popular that they actually built a mod at least the fans built a new mod based on New Vegas out of Fallout 4's mod engine. They only had a few areas up, but it got a lot of hype really quickly. One of the reasons was because since Fallout 4 takes place a few years after the events of New Vegas, they actually did the smart thing of trying to update it chronologically for that era. I have to applaud them for it. It's one of the most interesting settings, one of the most interesting places that we've seen in a Fallout game, and it deserves more attention. If they told me that there was going to be another game and it was set in the Mojave again, I would be there in a heartbeat. I really like the way it's presented. I really like the landscape and the factions and the interconnectedness of all of the different people that are there and how those systems influence each other. You don't just go into a scenario, say, mission accomplished, and move on. Those things have weight. They change the course of the game. They change your relationships with characters. They change your relationship to the world that you are in. They change what kind of options you have available to you. Unlike a lot of the other Fallout games, anyone in this game can die. Even major faction leaders. Yeah, it will definitely affect your ability to work with them or complete their storylines. It's a free-for-all. It's a dangerous world. They establish that up at the beginning, and I still cannot get enough of it. Alright, so what would I recommend in addition, not instead of, but in addition to New Vegas? There are a couple different things that I might suggest. Uh, if you were looking for another Obsidian game, there is The Outer Worlds, which I will probably do uh, a Citanium Mine episode on in the near future, because that was a really interesting thing. I can't tell you that it's nearly as good as New Vegas. But it was a solid obsidian RPG. However, thematically, I would instead point you toward Wasteland 3, which is still that top-down CRPG style of game. But you have to remember that the Wasteland series actually predated the Fallout series. And Fallout was heavily influenced by Wasteland. In fact, the in-exile crew that's like working on... The, the Wasteland games has ties to like the original Fallout games, has ties to the original Wasteland games, and so seeing them go in a very different direction to tell like a different kind of post-apocalyptic RPG story is very interesting. And Wasteland 3, I have a whole episode on it, but it is very interesting where you go up to Colorado and your 
Arizona Rangers are just desperately looking for aid and support because they are dying off. They're failing, and they need to help this guy who has all of this power up in Colorado find his wayward children and bring them home. Except that these kids don't want to go and are problematic in their own right. The tactical gameplay that was reminiscent of XCOM mixed with this storyline where it, it gives you a lot of intriguing options for how to handle different situations uh, and the pros and cons that you might experience with it really lent itself to a very interesting RPG with a lot of cool musical scores that go over the big battles as well. Uh, it is a, a solid recommendation for me if you like the actual CRPG style of game, and if you are a fan of Fallout, because this is basically Fallout in a CRPG, similar to the first few games in the series. Well, it looks like your run of bad luck has finally come to a conclusion, and you can finally leave this mine, the them gold mine that we have here. It's not gold, it's titanium... That's what it that's why it's called this. You all this time you haven't figured that out? You Okay, you're walking away slowly and I don't know how to take that. You Where did you go? Can you vanish into thin air? Well, that's spooky. <laughs>